So if you're enjoying, appreciating, benefiting from this series of short talks by Padma Vajra on the life and liberation of Padma Sambhava, him channeling these lightning flashes from the blue beyond, then please do consider making a donation to Padmaloka. We're still in uh, uncertain financial times. This year we lost our main source of income, uh, our retreat income, and even though people are starting to return to Padmaloka now, uh, our costs have considerably gone up. Uh, given the various measures that we have to put in place. So although we've benefited enormously from people's generosity uh, throughout the year, we really need to keep that stream of generosity flowing. So do please consider giving what you can. You can do that by following the link that's attached to this video or beneath in our YouTube channel or visiting our website and making a one-off donation or taking out a monthly standing order. Thank you. Oh now, when the bardo of life upon me is dawning, abandoning idleness, there being no idleness in a devotee's life, entering into the reality undistractedly, listening, reflecting and meditating, carrying on to the path knowledge of the true nature of appearances and of mind. May the Trikaya be realised. Once that the human form has been attained, may there be no time or opportunity in which to idle it away. So this is the first of the root verses of the six Bardos, extracted from the cycle of teachings that Rigzin Karmalingpa found, describing particularly the practices you do at the time of death and in the intermediate state and so on. All of the meditations uh, around that. But within this, you have this set of teachings where he boils down, as it were, or Padmasambhava boils down and Karma Lingpa makes it known to us, these essential teachings for the six bardos that Padmasambhava has identified uh, for us. Bardo means between two, between two. It's a state between two other states. It seems to have, in some ways, shifting meanings, but you need to think of Bardo as a space, a space which is completely open, where old habits have come to an end, have broken up, and the new, the new habits, as it were, haven't started going again. There's an interruption. There's an interruption to your routine. There's an interruption to the flow, if you like, of the fruits of your actions, the fruit of your karma. Everything is, as it were, breaking up. There's a space, an opening. In that sense, bardos, if you are sufficiently aware, are everywhere. Bardo is a translation of the Sanskrit antarabhava, which is, means intermediate state, the in-between. And originally it meant the in-between, dying and being reborn. This was identified by the early Buddhist school, the Savastivada, maybe other early schools. It's a very ancient Buddhist tradition. But this notion of Bardo is really developed very strongly in Tantric Buddhism generally and particularly by the Nyingmapa school, by Padmasambhava, 
and disciples like Rigsin Kalmalingpa. So here we have the first of the six Bardo verses. This life itself, this birth place, this birth that we're in, this human birth, is a Bardo. It's in between being born and dying. So it's a space. And we have to make it a space. If we're just going along living habitually, it isn't a space. It isn't really a bardo. We have to make it, in a sense, a bardo, a real bardo, by engaging with our existential situation. So, oh, now when the bardo of life upon me is dawning, when we're waking up to this fact, to the fact that this life is a real opportunity, we need to abandon idleness. Idleness having no place in a devotee's life, in a disciple's life, in a dharmachari's life, in a dharmacharini's life, in a mitra's life, in a, any serious Buddhist practitioner's life. There's no place for being idle. We need rather to enter into this reality here and now without distraction really coming fully into our situation, not spinning off into all sorts of fantasies about what we might be, who we might be, blaming people for how we are. No, we come right into our situation. We enter into the reality undistractedly, listening, reflecting and meditating. This describes the path. It's a path of wisdom. The path of wisdom is, first of all, the wisdom of listening, the pragna of hearing, hearing what the Buddha teaches, hearing what the great teachers teach receptively, openly, taking it right in. You know, if you've found the Dharma and you've really connected with the Dharma, well, don't mess around trying to argue with it. Listen. Listen up. Really listen up to what the teacher and the teaching is saying to you. Take that right in. Even that might immediately lead to wisdom if you really listen to the teaching. Reflecting. Don't just listen. Go a bit deeper. Don't, when, when we say reflect, we don't mean question and doubt in a superficial way. We mean chintamaya pragna, the wisdom of turning your mind to really dwell on that teaching. Whatever it is, impermanence insubstantiality, unsatisfactoriness, the nature of the transcendental, the Lokutra, whatever it is, you just dwell on that teaching repeatedly so that that enters right down into your heart and mind, right into the deepest layers of consciousness. And then you meditate on that. But what meditation really means, Bhavanamaya Pragna, is turning it into a living experience so that you're operating all the time with wisdom. You're operating with that perspective on, on life all the time, carrying onto the path knowledge of the true nature of appearances and of mind. You make the path, you make the path to Buddhahood, the true nature of appearances of, and of mind. And the true nature of appearances and of mind, so our own subjective perceptual um, condition, uh, our own outlook, if you like, our own attitude, and the world we're in, the nature of all that is shunyata, emptiness, vast emptiness. 
completely insubstantial, insubstantial, nothing fixed and unchanging anywhere, everywhere. And yet that emptiness is not a vacuity, it is luminous. It is luminous, it has appearance, it has rupa. So it's empty and yet it's expressive, it's luminous. It also has the quality of energy, even the quality of compassion, even the quality of love and compassion. This is the nature of primordial awareness. You take that as the path. I mean, really, if you woke up to that, you really would have a path. There'd be nothing to prevent you from transforming your entire life from top to bottom and the world around you. Carrying on to the path, knowledge of the true nature of appearances and of mind, may the Trikaya be realised. The Trikaya being the three bodies of the Buddha. We transform our body, speech and mind into the three bodies of the Buddha. Our mind is transformed into the Dharmakaya, the vast emptiness itself. Our speech is transformed into the luminosity, the radiance of Sambhogakaya. And our body, our actions, is transformed into the compassionate energy of the Nirmanakaya. That's what happens when we take the true nature of appearances and of the mind as our path. That's how we should really practice. Once that the human form has been attained, may there be no time or opportunity in which to idle it away. This human form, this moment while we have this human form, this kshana, kshana, it, this, this human form is described as the kshana, the moment. This moment is very, very special because we have the potentiality to take the true nature of appearances and of the mind as the path and to attain the three bodies of the Buddha, to become Buddhahood itself in body, speech and mind. That is our real destiny, if only we take the time and the opportunity to really practice and to really wake up to this reality of the bardo of life.